This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Teeth. The teeth in the dark. I'm never going to sleep again. I'm never going to be able to sleep again. There's there's at least three stories that have ruined my life. Horrible. Libby doesn't live here anymore. Hello, you're listening to Weird Tales and the Unexplainable. This is Bob Shoy, and with me, as always, is Beefy. All right. And Tiss. Yo, yo! And uh, it's a long time since we did one of these episodes. Um, we just call them ghost stories. It's been too long. I think I've missed yeah. them. Uh, so this isn't actually going to be a ghost stories episode. Um, I haven't told you guys the stories I've put together for this one yet, but I've sort of tried to pick some of my favourite stories from listeners that aren't ghost stories. Oh, okay. Because we get a lot of ghost stories. So we've got some cryptid sightings awesome. and all sorts of in- UFO sightings and all sorts of interesting stuff on this one. Oh, so what good. I've done is I've put all these together and then I've saved back all the ghost stories ones and we'll do a separate episode in a little while with all the ghost stories. And I thought it might be quite nice to do sort of like two of these a year where we have like a ghost stories yeah. episode and then like an other stories episode. So Sweet. So this is just listeners' stories. I guess a grab bag <laughs> sounds good. That's a bit different than uh, ghost stories. So that's um, that's good. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I was just trying to. Put, I was just going to be a grab bag of ghost stories and separate stories, but I had so many stories to go at. In the end, I was just like, oh, let's do them separately. Let's take out all the ghost stories ones and and do this. Um, Lovely. So yeah, and I, I've we're going to read a couple each, and we've got some call ins that I did with listeners over the last week, which we'll be inserting into as well. Awesome. Sweet. Perfect. So um, I'm just going to go straight into a story, if that's all right with you guys. Yeah, oh, go yeah. for it. I'm ready. So first of all, uh, this is a, I, I spoke to a listener uh, in America. Nice. Yeah, I spoke to him uh, the other night. His name's Jake Farr. And I spoke to him, it was like three o'clock in the morning, his time that I spoke to him. Oh, that is dedication, so, isn't it? Yeah, amazing, Jake. Amazing. I texted Jeez. him in the morning our time and was like, oh, I emailed him and said, when good, when's good for you? thinking he'd be asleep and he was like yeah let's do it now 
Really? So I quickly jumped Fair on the play. mic and, and recorded with him, yeah. Oh, thanks, uh, he, Jake. To be fair, he was at a party. He hadn't gone home yet. He was like, I'm oh. going to go outside and talk to you. So I was like, okay. Oh, right. Okay, cool. So, yeah. yeah, but still, interrupting his party. Yeah, amazing. It was amazing. Um, we had a good chat and he, he told me a few stories. So um, Lovely. I've got one that I'm going to play in a moment. Um, and uh, this is a UFO sighting story. Oh, okay. Bring it on. I'm going to play that now. So you emailed me um, a little while ago, quite a while ago now, saying you had a couple of stories. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, yes. so which one would you like to start with? I'm going to throw the power into your hands. Um, <laughs> okay, um, I will start with the UFO one because it's the shortest. Okay. Um, so my grandparents um, used to have a summer house in a place called Homosassa Springs, which was on the water. And my grandpa told me that he was just out there fishing one day and he saw a really bright light come like down the river in front of the house and it continued going and then it came back and just left. Okay. And did did he say what sort of like shape was it just a one singular light? Yeah, he just said it was, like, one really bright light. Okay. And that's not too weird, but my grandfather is not the type of person who would just, like, make up something. Mm-hmm. Like, if he says something, it's probably true. Because sometimes it's the person doing the telling that makes the story weirder if it's not something you would expect them to say. Yeah. But did he, um, did he say what he thought it was, or was he just like, I saw something weird? He honestly thought it was like a UFO. I don't really know why he didn't explain it too much. It was kind of a thing where he told me about it, but he was also kind of secretive about it. Mm -hmm. Not like lying to me, but like, you know, this is kind of what I saw and this is maybe what I think it is. Um, So I don't know what he thought it was. I from my understanding, he thinks that it was a UFO, which is just an un- I, like unidentifiable object. Yeah, so it yeah. could have been anything. Um, but that's what he thinks it, it was, that it's you know connected to UFOs or aliens or something. How old were you when he told you about that? Oh, man. Um, I'm 30 now. He told me about that when I was like 15 16 maybe all right so yeah like years ago yeah that's what i was wondering if you were like a teenager or something so he told you when you were that age that he thought it was a ufo yeah what did you think um i from a young age i believed in ufos and aliens and everything else because i just wanted it to be true yeah so i believed him i thought like oh okay papa saw a ufo that's amazing that's great like, I just believed it. Yeah, I think I know, would have been 100%. exactly the same. I think I would have been the same yeah. at that age, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. That would have been, like, the best thing that someone could have told me. Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, that's uh, the first of a few stories that Jake told me. Um, that was the one about his granddad seeing a UFO, which is interesting. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, what I found interesting about that one is, um, like, like Jake said, 
it's not necessarily the story itself, but it's um, the the person who's telling the story can make it more interesting if it's from someone you're not expecting. Yeah, exactly. It's it's like if we read and we do, we see these kinds of stories in uh, like the mirror or mm-hmm. the sun or something like that, and it's just um, Toffee Crisp Man or something like that. It's, <laughs> you know, you you approach it with a. a a level of nonsense don't you like oh this is just a load of gump but if yeah. it's a family member or if one of you guys came to me and you're like i saw a ufo i'd be like whoa that's crazy um so yeah it's a I bit think- like um one, one i said a few years ago on the podcast about when my dad was fishing and he saw that ghost over the river yeah exactly and that's always it, stayed it, I was with like, me what because that's not the sort of thing that he would buy into at all so that made me sort of like pay more attention to the story yeah yeah that's it it's all about who it is rather than uh, what it is you saw necessarily i think it's like more believable that it's not so fantastical it's like i saw a ufo that's the story yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah he's not dressed it up and said they got like probed or something like that no or they tried to tap into his brains or something <laughs> what i want to ask tis um you weren't with us when me and beef last year put together a ufo sightings episode okay uh, with Sean, uh, and that went up, and we went. Try, we tried to find UFOs in Aylesbury, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and played a few listener stories about UFOs on that. Wasn't uh, but successful. because you weren't there, uh, you didn't sort of ponder on what we were pondering on that episode. Is Tis, have you ever seen a UFO? Yes. Whoa! Well, really? <laughs> I wasn't expecting that answer. Yeah, really? maybe. I don't know. Uh, Everyone sees something that moves a little faster than they think it should. Right. I think in their life, like a Formula One car. Uh, and uh, I remember it was like me and my dad went out for a walk. Uh, it was around Christmas time, and we saw these two like lights going through the sky, quite uh, not super low, but just like. They were they were bigger than you know super far away like a star. It was like they were in the atmosphere or whatever, and it just moved really quick. But could have been a plane. Fuck knows. Could have been a jet. Like the I don't know. But I saw that, and my dad was like, my dad's pretty sensationalist about stuff like that anyway. So he was like, oh, is it definitely a UFO? <laughs> <And> I was <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> I, I think it was. I, at the time, I think I definitely thought it was. In retrospect, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Mm. Sticks in my mind Maybe. enough. That's pretty cool. But I think it's the way my dad reacted was like, that's definitely a UFO. That is definitely a UFO. Mm. That's cool because me and Beef on that episode, we were both just like, no, I've never seen one. No. Really? Like you see lights every now and then, but you don't know what it is. Yeah. You think that's, it's a UFO. That's it. I remember being a kid and, and so I remember seeing one and my dad was around and he's like, no, it's just a satellite. Like, oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. When I was a kid, I was to see it, and I'd just be like, "It's probably a plane." And then that's it. Sort of Dreams over. But yeah, we had some good stories on the episode. Uh, like Lauren, we had a story with Lauren I recorded at Charlie's wedding. Um, no had way. a story with Rick. Yeah, when I was driving around with Rick one time, I recorded him telling me his story, and yeah, I just listened to this episode. So I'll I'll move on to the next story. Um, uh, this is one of ours. I'll I'll go first then. So this one. This is from um, a listener called Craig S, is what his name was on the email. Okay. I sent it a while ago. Hey, Craig. Hi, Craig. Thanks for the story. So uh, I'll read this one to you guys if you are ready. I'm ready. I feel like I'm more ready because I'm lying on my bed. Yeah. 
It's like a bedtime story. It's been hot, isn't it? It is hot. So we're all laying down on a hot day listening to stories. So here we go. This is from Craig S. When I was 12 or 13, I lived in an uncorporated city in the northeast of Illinois. The city is not very dense and is relatively small. I lived near a lake and a forest preserve. So when I was a kid, I spent a lot of time outdoors. I hung out with a couple of kids older than me, and we were beginning to get kind of rebellious. We had a road in our neighborhood that was heavily wooded. Me and two of my friends decided to make a fort in these woods. These woods were not part of a preserve or someone's property as far as I know. The houses on both sides of the woods both claim on not owning it, so we figured nothing would ever bother us, unless they decided to bulldoze it and make a new neighbourhood like they did with a previous hangout spot. Anyway, this was going to be our new hangout. One day we decided to do something we shouldn't have and decided to take our paintball guns and have a shootout in the woods. I have a very cheap gun that came with a small plastic paint hopper. During the shootout, the hopper cracked and broke, so we decided to stop. We talked for a few minutes and then left and walked home. After about an hour at home, I snuck my paint gear back into the house and realised I'd forgotten my spare ammo tin back in the woods. It was just around dinner time and I told my parents I was going to my friends who lived a block away, but before I would stop back at the woods. So he's going back to the woods on his own, guys. Mm. That's a bad decision. Now here's where things get slightly weird. No one knew I was going to the woods. I was going to run in and grab my stuff and then head to my friends. I went in and found my tin, and roughly 100 foot in, I saw something. I'm not sure what it was, and even after 15 years of thinking, I still can't explain. It was tall, maybe close to 7 foot. It was solid black in shape, vaguely resembling something humanoid. Its colour was kind of like an unexplainable void, just complete darkness. I saw no face. The only thing were two solid bright yellow things that could only be described as eyes given their position. The thing moved around slowly. When it turned towards me and stared, I ran out of the woods and onto the road. I looked back and saw nothing. It was 5 to 6 p.m. in the summer, and there was still plenty of sunlight to see what was going on, but I can't explain it. I ran and told my friends I was with earlier that day about what I saw and how I would never be going back in those woods. They didn't believe me. Then they went back and said that they saw nothing. I said that I would still not go back in there. Mm. About a week or so later, my friend knocked on my door saying I had to see what had happened. I followed him to the road near the woods. I refused to go in, but I could see what he was talking about from the road. There was a severed deer leg, not cut off with a knife, but completely ripped off with dangling fur and all, hung above the little entrance we used to use to get into the woods. He said he went in and everything was destroyed and knocked down. I said I believed him, but still refused to go in. I found a dead fish near the woods on the road around the woods as well, but I just figured that that may well be raccoons. Where we lived, there was nothing big enough that could rip a deer leg off, though, and throw it 20 feet up in a tree like that did. It has been probably 15 years, and every time I'm at my parents, I go by those woods, still refusing to go in, but trying to see if I can see anything from the road. It was one of the scariest moments of my life. Wow. That's horrible. Creepy, right? That's really horrible. Yeah, that's crazy. To think that... uh, Mind you, the thing is, when things like that... um, Like something about witnessing or experiencing something like that when you're a kid and the the fear staying with you, because I still can't go into uh, the graveyard in Stukely. Oh, right. So when you did your EVP recording, that was why I got 
I was like, whoa, that sounds horrible. Because yeah, yeah. I remember stuff happening there when I was a kid and walking past it at night. So, uh, but yeah, that's crazy. Hmm. Tiss, are you okay? That is, I'm just, what uh, instantly came to my mind is um, uh, signs when the alien's standing in the front room. Just oh, standing right, yeah. there. Or like the video, the home video where it crosses between the bushes. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that, that terror I felt when I watched that film and the alien popped out. I can, I mean, times a hundred, but still, like, I can relate yeah, <laughs> to the yeah. shock. And not willing to go back there is a Yeah, good not wanting to go back in tactic. as well. It's really vividly explained as well, the way he describes what he saw. Even though he kind of didn't have much details to go on, still draws that it picture in your mind, that, that mm. the shape yeah. and the way it looked. It's like reading a short story. I, I read a lot of these on my own um, the other evening, and I, the, I did get a few like sort of creeping tingles up the back of my neck reading some of these. Um, so, yeah, I wanted, wanted to make sure we got that one in here. Mm. Wow, that's good. Thanks, Craig. Those events get cemented in your head like pretty deep, and I think like mm. thinking every time you try and remember it, your brain always tells you a story like of similar, like it never goes away. Even not seeing something so for for so long or anything like that, it still sticks in those milliseconds of seeing something. Yeah, like. yeah. That leads really nicely into the next story. Actually, you're talking about seeing something when you're young and it happening in the blink of an eye, but not being able to forget it. So uh, this next story is um, a call I had with a listener the other day as well. And this is with uh, Ben Mumford from Australia. <laughs> no way. Yes. That's wow. amazing. Hey, Ben. First Australian caller. So I know we've got a lot of Australian Fantastic. listeners, but I've never actually spoken to one. I had one call in. So it was really great to speak to Ben the other day. That's so great. Thanks for taking the effort, man. That's really cool. So Ben from Australia, from Oz. Uh, he rang in to tell us of his Yowie sighting. Um, I don't know. I think we've mentioned Yowies on the show, but can you guys remember what they are? Yeah, kind of, kind of a cryptid. Yeah, no, they're like um, little hairy Bigfoot men, like sort of hairy creatures. Okay, yeah, kind of like a Sasquatch type thing. Yeah, yeah, seen in Australia, but they're kind of the smaller. I was going to say, aren't they smaller? They're like five, five foot tall. Uh, I, from what I remember, yeah, but these hairy, like hairy, smelly. Or skunk apes, whatever they were called. Yeah, a little bit like skunk apes, yeah. That's it. So, yeah, he had a yaoi sighting, so let's listen to that now. Sweet. So, you're calling from Australia, which is really exciting, and you emailed me uh, quite a while ago to say you had a strange sighting. Yes. Um, so, basically, um, it happened a fair few years ago. I'm 28 years old now. Right. Um, and it happened when I was about 12 years old. It's ingrained into my memory. I can't forget it. I know what I saw. Um, no one else believes me, but anyway. So, yeah, sorry, you um, were 12 at the time. Yeah, 12 oh, years right, old. So that's really stuck uh, with you then. It's just, I can't forget it, man. Like, not many strange things have ever happened to me like this. Um, you know, I've never seen ghosts. I've never claimed to see anything like that. Um, but yaoi's are, are quite common commonly seen um out in this town called Kilcoy. so wait before uh, you, before you continue um so you said you saw it was a yaoi yeah a, a yaoi is basically uh an australian bigfoot right um 
yeah so yeah there's a town called Kilcoy um I sort of grew up out there um for about I don't know five years of my life and then we moved away from that town but um uh, my mother she's always had horses always loved horses so one day we drove on out to Kilcoy and she was about to uh look at this horse that she was going to buy and um we entered this property, uh, and there was about 300 metres of uh, dense forestry on either side of this driveway. Right. Um, and then when you got to the end of the driveway, there was about 100 metres of just clear grass, clear landing. Um, so when we got to the end of the driveway, we parked up, and my mum went to go look at the horse um, just to see if she wanted to buy it. And... Me and my cousin were hanging on the side of the car, just playing around. And I looked to the end of the driveway, right where the clearing ended, um, just for a brief moment. And I saw a kangaroo bounce across the middle of the driveway and then bounce into the other clearing. Uh, sorry, the other side of the forest. Mm. Um, it's quite thick shrubland, so... Like, I didn't even see the kangaroo coming through the trees. I just saw it bounce onto the driveway and then into the next set of trees. Okay. Shortly after, I saw... I couldn't even believe what I saw. Like, it was just insane. Like, it's like a dream, but it <laughs> it actually happened. A little hairy man, very thick hair, like very, very dark hair, comes scattering after the kangaroo. Um, very quick, like... Within a flash, like the kangaroo bounce, and then three seconds later, just this little, probably five foot, hairy man chasing the kangaroo. And um, because we we're in the Kilcoy area, naturally, I just assumed it was a yowie. Um, I've heard many locals talk about seeing yowies, um, being up in uh, thick forestry, thick bushland. Um, it's pretty common uh, in Kilcoy, and uh, there's actually a statue of a Yowie that was erected in the town um, because so many locals were seeing so many strange things like little hairy men. So um, it's, it's not really up for debate in Kilcoy that a Yowie is real then? It's just accepted? It's just accepted, yeah. It's it's quite funny, actually. The statue that was erected, they gave it a little uh, little penis <laughs> and uh, the, the locals just liked to like knock it off all the time. They kept replacing <laughs> it and... Um, yeah, they just gave up on replacing it because the locals thought it was hilarious to just keep taking it. So um, people, have, yeah. there's a few people walking around with yowie penises for good luck. Pretty much, yeah. yeah <laughs> got it stored away in their house somewhere. Um, but yeah, it's quite common. Um, a person um, that we used to be friends with, I remember years ago, um, an old family friend, he used to go riding up in the, in the mountains. He had quad bikes. Um, and I remember him telling me a story. Um, he come back all shaken up, like white as a ghost. And uh, he said he was riding up near um, the top of a mountain there, and there was like a huge boulder. And he said he stopped for just a brief moment because he could just smell a terrible smell. Um, it just it was like an overwhelming stench. And um, yeah, he reckoned one jumped down off a large boulder in front of him. Um, he said it was the most intimidating 
creature he's ever seen in his life. Um, and he said the smell of them was just horrendous. And he quickly got out of there on his quad bike because he was just terrified. And I can understand why, because what I saw was just, you, you wouldn't want to meet it out in the bushland. It's just like the last thing you're expecting is to just see that. And, um, but yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> So oh, man, when, when, I, I, can't, I can't even explain how, how crazy it was. You know? So when that one jumped out that you saw, it didn't look at you at all? It didn't look at me. It was chasing after a kangaroo. Right. I was probably 100, 100 metres away from it. Right. Um, but I, I, it was so quick, like in probably, yeah, the kangaroo jumped across and then three seconds later, this little hairy man ran straight after it and... Because the bushland's so thick, they blend in quite well. Um, but so, yeah, it's it happened so fast. Man. So so all in fast. all, it's just a matter of seconds. But that's sort of like burned into your memory now, forever. It's it's burned into my memory, and I know exactly what I saw. And of course, like my cousin didn't see it. I, yeah. I was all I said was, "Oh my god, did you see that? Did you see that? Did you see that?" <laughs> and no, he, nah, of course, nothing, and no one believed me. I'd get laughed at. Oh, I was gonna, that was my story, next question. But... I was going to say, did he believe you? But no, no, no. Like I'm not the type to tell uh, porky pies. Like it's just not. It's just not me. I don't right. <laughs> bullshit about anything. And <laughs> this was the only story I can confidently tell. I know what I saw. And um, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So you've been a believer That's ever since. I've been a believer ever since. Ever since. Amazing. And I've heard multiple stories in Kilcoy and. The people out there are very brash yeah. um, town folk. You know, they don't really lie about anything. They're pretty boring, but when they do see something, you know, you can tell that they're telling the truth. So. Amazing. Yeah. Well, thanks for <laughs> thanks for calling in and sharing your story. You're actually our first ever uh, caller to share a cryptid story, so that's uh, exciting for me because I've been wanting one for so long. Excellent. Great. Excellent. Thanks, Bob. No problem. Thanks for calling in, man. Really appreciate it. Good to talk to you. See you, man. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. So there we go, guys. That was Ben uh, from Australia telling us about his Yowie sighting, which was amazing. I love that no story. Way. That is crazy. His it's cryptid stories are probably my favorite. It's, uh, and I, as, you were, as, as we were listening to it, I was kind of, I Googled Yowie just to get it in my head because I thought I can't get Bigfoot out and I was aware that they look different to, yeah, yeah. to Bigfoot. Uh, yeah, that's crazy. That's really crazy. Yeah. And he actually sent me a picture of the uh, Yowie statue that he mentioned that recording. So I'll make sure that goes on the blog as well for anyone who wants to see the uh, Yowie statue with the missing penis. I want to see that. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll make sure I send it to you. I want to see it with and without. I don't have it with, I'm afraid. Maybe someone's making like a Yowie penis bouquet. Can we do a Weird Tales trip to Australia to remake the Yowie penis and see how long Mate, it lasts? I would love... Can you imagine how much material we could get out of a Weird Tales trip to Australia? That'd be oh amazing. God. Not a lot. I'd be dead because it's so fucking hot. I'd literally just melt again. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not a big fan of insects and it's full of insects, isn't it? If you're not a big fan of insects, you will literally fucking hate Australia the entire time <laughs> you're there. Because no, I... I I love Australia the place, but I am just too British to take that shit. <laughs> like, walking through the woods and thinking about whether you're going to get killed, nah, not the vibe. There was a tree that was literally bleeding. What? Couldn't take it. 
there was a tree that was bleeding in the middle of the woods. Like me and Liz were chatting about how hostile the woods felt, and we turned to the side, and there was a tree bleeding. I was just like, "Oh my god!" Um, <laughs> when we were in when we were in uh, Australia years ago, um, I was. Uh, yeah, I was you guys went to... travelling so young. When you think about it, it's amazing. Like, well, yeah, you got but in we... that year trip, like younger yeah. than a lot of people do, right? I guess so. I don't know. You're like eighteen, aren't you, Beef? Uh, I think I was nineteen. No, uh, nineteen. I think I was nineteen. But no, when I went with Rachel on our honeymoon, mm. uh, we went to stay with um, my mum's cousin Ruth, uh, who lives in Perth, and um, her son said to me, she, "He goes, he goes. Oh, um, do you want to? I'll give you a tour of our garden." And I said, yeah, sure. Um, you know, I th- he was quite young at the time. And he's like, oh, I'm going to show you our garden. I said, yeah, cool. It took me out. And he's like, this is our swimming pool. I'm like, yeah, nice. Like the swimming pool. And he's like, this is, uh, the- this is our flowers, but we don't put our hands in there because of the snakes. And then he's <laughs> like, I was like, okay. And then, uh, and he said, and this is my trampoline, but I'm not allowed to put my hand under there because of the spiders. Uh, I was just walking around the guys. It's all normal to look out for all these, all yeah, these things. All these horrible creature traps everywhere. I've started following a Twitter account, um, which is I think it's just called Weird Australian Animals or something like that. And every, right. every I don't know maybe like twice a month, you get like this species. And the idea is that they, it's not just box jellyfish. They're dangerous because whatever. It's they choose stuff and you're like that is literally designed to just be horrible and scare you and be disgusting and kill you everything in australia is designed to kill you yeah uh it's a lovely country you're really making me want to go it's beautiful Uh, that's why australian people are so hardy yeah Yeah, exactly the thing is the people in australia uh, hats off to them they don't give a fuck and they love telling people how much they don't give a fuck that like there was a snake down the road and stuff I spoke to Ben for all of like 10 minutes and I already knew like he was a guy who didn't give a fuck. Yeah. In the best possible way. In the best way. Yeah, yeah no, just Love absolute it. balls of steel. Like, yeah. Yeah. Balls the size of Pluto. But I'm I'm okay being a wet farm. Really, we got loads of Aussie listeners and um, I love our Aussie listeners. listeners. I, I love Australia and <laughs> I love Australians. I just can't take Australia myself because I am, I'm too weak. I have nurtured too much and that, that land is very, uh, unforgiving but anyone who lives there respect yeah but you would do if you if you lived there and you had no choice but to get used to the wildlife then you would i suppose no i'd just kill yeah. myself honestly <laughs> it's, it's too much kill yourself. Kill, i would kill myself <laughs> i'm joking i'm joking mate. <laughs> i would get killed by the animals first <laughs> so tis is uh going to read this story from um Yeah, so this is from a listener called just Luke, as he is on the email. Uh, He sent us this a while ago as well. And um, this story is called Imaginary Libby. Luke. Luke Email. That's his name, right? Yeah, his name's Luke Email. That's that's literally the same joke from... uh, Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. Referred to Tom Mail. Tom, who is a male. Send it through the mail. (laughs) On the sample. (laughs) Oh, God. When I was around seven or eight years old, we used to go around my auntie's house quite often to see my cousins, Keen and Libby. Uh, Libby was a little younger than me, and I have vague memories of her 
having an imaginary friend also named Libby. I recall invisible Libby always having a place at the table, in the car, on the sofa, and even her own share of the toys. Invisible Libby was part of the family for quite a while, and was just kind of accepted as a normal part of daily proceedings. After a catch-up conversation with my mum, to help fill in the blanks that I couldn't quite remember, she told me one Saturday morning Libby came downstairs, jumped on the sofa and started watching cartoons. When it came to breakfast time, my auntie, as always, had made a bowl of cereal for Invisible Libby with no milk. Uh, Real Libby then turned to my auntie and explained that Invisible Libby wasn't here anymore, so there was no need for her breakfast. Confused, my auntie asked her why Libby was gone, to which my cousin replied, she went away yesterday because she came downstairs this morning and her mummy and daddy were dead on the kitchen sideboard. Oh, shit. Safe to say, my auntie was pretty freaked out. (laughs) Hell yeah. (laughs) But as real Libby didn't seem too phased, didn't ask too many questions. Uh, She did ask her how they died, to which Libby said they were stabbed. And also where Invisible Libby had gone, to which she replied, home. Where's home? Oh my life, this is weird. My cousin, now in her 20s, has no recollection of Invisible Libby or her mangled parents, and my auntie refuses to do any research into the history of the house. So there you go. I wouldn't want to know. No. (laughs) No way. No way. Um, Yeah, imaginary friends. Yeah. Topic we haven't, haven't gone into at all. Yeah, so it's a strange one, isn't it? Imaginary friends. Um, yeah, Zachary used to have some. Hmm. He had uh, he had Donny. Right. There was uh, yeah, there was Donny who ended up in prison for nicking a white van. <laughs> uh, what? His imaginary friend ended up in prison. Yeah. Uh, and then he's he taken had... up a cell that a real person could be using. Yeah, I know. Yeah, uh, and then he had like. Something like Zidzy. Right. Oh, I can't remember. But they were so funny. I didn't have an imaginary friend, but I had... I imagined... (laughs) I imagined the fat controller was, like, around the house sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, it wasn't really a sort of two-way relationship. It was just, like, he was a part of (laughs) the Well, yeah, what was he getting from it? He didn't respect you. (laughs) No. I had an imaginary mouse that used to follow me around. And my imaginary mouse was called Mouse. Oh, lovely. And that was it. But yeah, imaginary friends. So interesting as to whether you would think that was a ghost story, telling like telling a child weird things, a ghost, or is it just kids being creepy with weird imaginations? And if so, kids, why are you telling us that your friends' parents were stabbed when you're like so young? <laughs> and with these ominous expressions... Libby's gone home now. Libby doesn't live here anymore. Your sister's had a penchant for uh, for that sort of stuff, though, right? Yeah, my my sister's a bit creepy like that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think kids genuinely are. Uh, yeah, definitely. Well, um, a guy I work with, uh, Mike, who I've mentioned on the show a few times, his his daughter one night went into the room, went into his bedroom, and um, she was right sort of by his bed. He's like, Daddy. And then he turns around and scares the shit out of him. And because that scared him, she did it like a few times because it's funny to scare Daddy. Yeah. To the point where she would like wake him up in the night with a sheet over her head 
uh, no, no, no. over him. No, no. Oh, my no. God. Because it's horrific. funny to scare daddy. <laughs> After a few times, I would then be fearless. So he had to say, like, if you keep scaring daddy, you can't play on the Switch. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, she stopped. I'd, I'd have to lay down the law. <laughs> yeah. See, I, d- I don't know what I think of this one. Because, uh, you know, just, just from having Joel and you know he's only two but every now and then he sort of mentions something and me and Rachel are like oh we've we've never said that before um but then we eventually come to the conclusion like well you know he obviously heard it from nursery or you know he's picking stuff up all the time now um and Mm. like there's probably stuff on tv so like we can't um (laughs) so we were Rachel was like casually watching uh friends the other day um and uh i think like joey calls someone an ass or something like that and then so joel started calling rachel an ass she's like well we really need to keep an eye on this that joey's oh a God. bad influence um or it's something like <laughs> joey that. tribbiani it yeah, joey tribbiani he's a yeah um and uh but some of it's quite cool so like the other night he was laying in bed he's just drifting off to sleep and he goes Come on, you Spurs. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. So uh, he'd obviously... And like every now and then, me and Rachel like have the have uh, the football going. So he's obviously picked it up from that. Yeah, and I'm, I'm kind of in two minds over that. I'm thinking, well, yeah, kids pick, pull up all kind of stuff. Um, but... Um, yeah, that's that's a little bit... I, like, I'm, I can't imagine where she would have heard that kind of terminology or where she would have come up with that in her imagination like kids are very imaginative but like that's different isn't it um yeah very weird well i if i was his mum i or his auntie i definitely would not want to look into that so um we're gonna go back to sort of uh childhood sightings again that seems to be a bit of a theme this time around so uh, I've got another story from a listener now uh, who I spoke to the other day. Uh, this is from Andy Daly. Uh, I spoke to him the other night. And uh, he actually had quite a few stories for me. So um, I'm going to play two of them on this episode. So the first one I'm going to play, um, he talks about being a child again um, and seeing something strange one night. So let's listen to that now. This I was eight years old at the time and... Uh... Yeah, this this was a real weird one. This was, okay. uh, yeah, because it was the family home at the time, uh, just in a little town called Leamington Spa. And uh, I'd woke up one night, and you know, like how you, you know, things are ingrained in you as a child through experiences or through something's happened, but you're much able, you, you know, you're in a better position as an adult to interpret it better, if that makes sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was, it was late at night, early hours. I'm guessing probably about two or three in the morning. Uh, I woke up and I decided to go into my father's bedroom. And, uh, and that's what I did. You know, the lights were all off. It was really dark, but it was, we had a bit of a light because I remember there was a lamp outside and it had just come through the, the, the curtains in the bedroom. So, you know, you, you know how it's like dark, but you can still sort of see. Yeah, you sort of have a sort of dus- dusky half-light sort of thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and I understand, you know, yeah, there were shadows there. Yes, you know, things could have been interpreted. Mm-hmm. But uh, my experience happened when I actually climbed, in, climbed into the bed. 
uh, I couldn't go back to sleep for a while. I don't know why, you know, it's a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I just remember just looking around the room and I was looking towards the door. Uh, I didn't fully close it, but I, I pushed it to just, just off like, you know, the door locking. And I remember seeing the handle on the door uh, slowly being pulled down, obviously from the outside. Uh, and I just was like really like fixated on, on this door. And the door started to uh, open. You know, there's no creaks or anything spooky like that, you know. It just started to open. And this is the hard bit. This is, I mean, this is the only story when I describe it's, it seems really way out. But, you know, we've all heard of, like, Bigfoots and things like that. You know, you know whether they're real or not, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's debatable. And it certainly wouldn't be, you know, in this country. Uh, but all I said was... Uh, like a Bigfoot. It was like a head of a Bigfoot. It was absolutely massive. And you, sorry, you said this was sort of like, as the door was opening, you could see this sort of through the, the where the door was opening. Yeah, what it was, the door, as the door was opening, it, come, it, it, it stopped to a certain point, but then a head appeared through the door. Wow. And all I remember was just looking at uh, a black, hairy face and I could see the teeth. It was doing no expressions. All it was doing was just baring its teeth, and it turned towards me to look. And you know, I've, you know, you hear things of like sleep paralysis and things like that. It wasn't yeah. sleep paralysis because I got under the covers and I was really scared. And I remember like my hand towards my back, and I was like trying to nudge my dad to wake up. You know, yeah, uh, he wouldn't wake up. So there was no, there was none of the uh, like the paralysis that comes along with sleep paralysis. You were consciously awake and consciously able to move. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, I I didn't move by choice. Right. I didn't move by choice. I remember that from from like I said, you know, from that experience. I was under the blankets, and uh, I, you know, even now I can recall the feeling, and it was just horrifying. Uh, and I waited a few moments. I can't say how long. I don't know. But I remember slowly peering above the blanket, and uh, and it was still there. And as I was looking, it like retracted it. It pulled its head back out the door, and the door started going backwards, and the handle lifted back up. And uh, it was yeah, that was it was just a. Uh, and the reason why I. I put it towards I, I uh, mentioned something like a Bigfoot was because it was a few years later I was going through an old book of my father's right. and uh, it had uh, the Patterson Gimbling Bigfoot I mean that's debatable I mean it's another subject yeah uh, yeah yeah but yeah it really did look like that the head of, of that it was it was it was ferocious it was yeah I don't know what it was I don't know whether it's something paranormal I don't I mean it was 3D I could see it it wasn't like a it wasn't like a shadow. It wasn't like a picture. It was. It, it just know, it looked was a, like it was a 3D. It was like a person. It was. It yeah, was there. Yeah. You know, and like I said, you know, I don't know what it was. You know, I really don't know what it was. But but something like that has stuck with you your entire life. Yeah, it has done. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I quite often do tell that experience. You know, to to friends and family and stuff. And I mean, I'll be honest. You know, the way you described it, with um, you know, sort of peering through the door and. And you're looking away and you're looking back and it's still being there and seeing the door. It did leave, like, I did really feel like sort of a shiver at the back of my neck because I can imagine 
being young and and seeing something like that that I can't explain and yeah, yeah it yeah. was horrendous. I mean, the thing is as well, the teeth. It was just. It was like uh, there was no noise. There was no. It, it was just. It, it was like in a, its face was in a fixed position right. when it was looking at me, and the teeth. It, it looked. I don't know if you could imagine like like a Bigfoot demon or something. I don't know. I really don't right, know. Right. You know, but it was. It, yeah, it was real, and it was just horrendous. And you know, it's it's a story that I quite enjoy telling. You know now yeah obviously not then I mean, obviously a scary my... experience but it's um yeah like a, an interesting story to tell people i'm sure you've had some like interesting reactions to that over the years <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was i mean i told my father and stuff yeah. uh you know and i told you know my siblings and stuff but you know they they don't you know they were oh, okay you know it's one of them it's just like brushed off sort of <laughs> right. thing, you know? but yeah but yeah it was it was uh it was an it was a i'd say amazing but it was also terrifying horrendous right? as yeah, well. yeah, yeah it was it was definitely but i ain't got a clue what it was wow yeah yeah uh, that's that's a creepy one um yeah no 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 that's fucked up i'm never gonna sleep again Horrible. i'm never gonna be able to sleep again oh so yeah then what do you guys think oh i hate it i hate it <laughs> i can't i can't stop thinking about it and i hate it fucked up and i hate that after this i'm gonna have to get into bed and i'm never gonna be able to look at my door ever again the way he described it painted such a vivid picture to me like he said about the teeth yeah. the teeth yeah. in the dark <laughs> you know you know what i thought of mm. the babadook yeah a little bit something like that yeah when oh, he told me when i was in front of him the other night i could feel like a horrible creeping chill like running up my neck because he told me that yeah, I, I, I'm glad I wasn't in the uh, call. I, I don't think I could have done that. Tiss, I, I'm, I, how did you feel about that? Uh, fucking, it fucking <laughs> shit me up, man. <laughs> shit me up. That when I feel like it might have been like sleep paralysis, maybe, do you think? But that's what I, I thought on the call. But he said like he remembers being able to move. He hid, he moved. There was no, and he said... There was no mm. part of him that felt asleep. He didn't wake up afterwards or anything. That's what he finds so creepy about it. That's fucking weird. Yeah. Oh. And I guess sometimes when we're when you're kind of half asleep or you you're aware that you've been asleep but you're not sort of really then you know you're sort of in that kind of dream state still. Mm. But this yeah, this sounds like this was not that. But him coming away from it, I, when he said he went under the covers when he came back, I thought he was going to say when he came back it wasn't there. But yeah, the fact that he said when he there. came back, it's still there. I'm like, oh, fuck that. <laughs> no, no way. Move out. Move out. Yeah. Why didn't he wake his dad up? I'd have woken my dad up. No, I don't know. And like, dad, can you wake up? And we are moving tomorrow. So uh, while we're on the topic of Andy, I'm actually going to play another one of his stories right now, like directly on the bounce. Uh, so he didn't actually originally call me to tell me this story. He had two other ones, which I'm going to save for a later episode. He had had that one of what he saw when he was a kid. And he had, and when he was going to go, he said, I've got one more for you, actually, if you want to hear it. So uh, I'm going to play that now. And uh, it's, it's about an, an ex-partner of his, an ex-girlfriend of his. So let's play that. I have another one as well. Uh, I mean, if you have time, uh, what it is, my ex-partner, I'll just tell you, just tell you briefly now, okay. my ex-partner, um, she, I didn't, I didn't believe, even though these experiences happened to me, you know, when people 
you know, I, I'm very interested in the paranormal. It doesn't mean to say that I believe every story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's some truth to some stories I've heard, you know. Uh, but it's like my part, my ex-partner, she was telling me, you know, she could see things. But it, it wasn't, you know, when somebody demanded it, it was something when it presented Right, okay. It wasn't and, something she could turn on. It was something that um, just happened. Yeah, and right. this was horrendous. I mean, I'm willing to tell you, uh, if you have time, or do you, can yeah. you phone back? Or yeah, no, no, I, we, we can do it now. I might as well do it now while I have you on the line. I mean, it's, it's amazing okay. for you to, to share these stories with me. So, Yeah, okay. Uh, I had a... Uh, well, I've, I've got one brother. I had another brother who died uh, when he was about eight months, six okay. to eight months. Uh, it was down to a cop death, but right. uh, this, this was going back in the late fifties coming up to maybe 1960 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she sat me down and she told me that a young infant has, has like trying to come through and stuff. And, and, uh, she got the feeling that he it wasn't just a cot death. He was smothered. He was shook, wow. caused some kind of brain damage, and then smothered. Wow. Uh, and obviously, this was a massive shock. You know, I mean, I wasn't born at the time. Obviously, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I started to do a bit of digging around. You know, asking my family. Uh, I mean, my, both my parents have passed now. And uh, my brother did actually tell me that uh, she heard, sorry, he heard my mother saying to somebody many, many years ago that, you know, she needed to talk to somebody and she was talking to to a friend or something, that she had shook her son. Whoa. Uh, And, and, uh, and, you know, smothered him. And uh, this is something that has just, you know, blown everyone in the family, really. Yeah. Wow. That's. Um... But the thing is, my partner, wow. my ex-partner, she knew nothing of this because I'd only been dating for three months, you know. And obviously, you know, you, you talk and you discuss personal things, but I didn't think there was any need to bring something like that up about, you know, my brother mm-hmm. right at this moment, so early on in the relationship, you know. Uh, but yeah, that that was. Uh, Can I ask? Was, uh, an, when, yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, so this, this is your ex partner that um, sort of gave you this information. Yeah. And yeah. so when um, when she sort of sat down and, and told you this, had she told you before about these sort of um, experiences that she had had, where she can get information or, or however? How I don't know. I just wondered how she had described it to you. Yeah, she did. She told me she did have. Uh, certain things that she could pick up on, yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and also as well, you know, it's just really fascinating because uh, at one particular time, you know, obviously my my dad's been, he's been gone for, I think, nearly 20 years now. Mm-hmm. And I remember one time, uh, I think I was probably about 10 or something, and I'd had a watch for my birthday and it was one of these old, you know, the, I think it's something like a Casio. You know, when you press it, it makes these little digital tunes. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I can't recall the name of the tune, but uh, my my father told me some sad news. 
uh, unfortunately, you know, I mean, he's a, you know, he's a good father. He'd done his best, but he, he was looking for attention. He told me something, you know, he had some kind of horrible illness, you know, for attention, you know, mm-hmm. and um, that really, really obviously upset me being a young kid. It upset anyone really. Yeah, it, you know? yeah. But anyway, I remember going around to the park and I was on my own and I would play this little digital music thing on my watch and, you know, and I got really upset just thinking of my father and, you know, what am I going to do without a father and things like that. Uh, my partner said to me that I was out either in a field or in a park and I had a, a, a watch and I used to listen to music and you was really sad. And, uh, and, I, and, and, I, and she said to me, do you know, can you remember the name of that tune? And I says, yeah, I do, yeah. And I says, but I, I don't know the name of it, but I can, I can hum it out. Mm-hmm. And as I hummed it out, she hummed the same tune as me. And what the message was, I don't know how she got the message, but the, mes- the, the interpretation she got was that my dad wants to apologise for doing that to me, and he just wanted to pass that on to her. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I, wow. Wow. <laughs> During how to respond respond to that one. That's um, yeah, that's amazing. It's very must be very like a, a cathartic feeling to to hear that as well. Yeah, it was. Yeah, because I think that's his way of you know saying sorry and for causing distress. You know, to to his young son. You know. Yeah, yeah. But even though you know, I tell these events, you know, it's like I think unless something really happens to you, yeah, you can't fully truly believe it. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can lean towards believing it, you know, oh, there's a very strong possibility. Yeah, I think that could actually be true. But I don't think you can be 100 percent certain whether something is true unless it's actually happened to you. Even now, when I hear stories, I'm not 100 percent convinced, you know, I mean, I, I'm in the position where I think, yeah, you know, that could be true. He sounds quite genuine. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, I'm, I, I do often lean towards that way in a person and some stories you know i just think nah you know what i mean <laughs> it's, it's kind <laughs> but, of you know, it's kind of goes back to to what we said uh, at the beginning with your when you talked about your first experience where you know when it happens to you uh, these feelings or these experiences can be so uh, impactful on you whether it is a, yeah, a ghost sighting or a religious experience or or whatever that like you say and like a lot of our listeners have said when it happens to you, you just know. So you do. to put it forward to someone else, even if you feel like they won't believe you or they think you're crazy or whatever, that apprehension has kind of, you know, gone slightly because you're so steadfast in what you know you saw or what you know you experienced. Um, you're absolutely correct. Yeah, it does go, but not in, not in a... Uh, not in a bad way, not in a negative way. No, Nothing no. And towards that other person for thinking that. No, know? of course. Because, you know, we're all individuals, you know. I can, I'm, I'm happy, I'm satisfied to speaking about, you know, what I've experienced. Yeah. And uh, I'm confident in what I've, you know, what I've been through. So, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Amazing stories. Uh, thanks so much for sharing them with me. Well, thank you for being interested. 
So there we go. Uh, really interesting uh, story from Andy there that I'm really glad he decided just to tell me at the end. And you can hear on that recording, I didn't really know how to react to that, <laughs> him telling me that one, but super interesting. And I have um, another couple of stories from Andy, which I'm going to save back for another episode. I had a really good conversation with him. So mm. thanks again, Andy. So Beef, are you ready to read a story out? Yeah, go for it. Um... Uh, I think yours might actually be the longest, Beefy. Oh, that's all right. I'm... I'm good at reading. Good. Apart from I've got a really bunged up nose. I'm getting like crazy. My sinuses are really painful at the minute. Apologies to all listeners about Beef's bunged up nose, but he's going to read you this story from Katie McCall now anyway, which uh, she sent me an email a little while ago and uh, thought I'd give this one to Beefy to read. Okay, so let me get to... Oh, that, that is a longie. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so this has come from Katie, did you say? Katie McCall. Right. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, so from Emily. Way back in the 90s. Ah, bollocks. Katie. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry, Katie. (laughs) Oh, dear. All right, let's start again. Uh, Yeah, you're not going to cut that out. No. Uh, So, Katie. Uh, Here we go. Way back in the 90s. When I was eight years old, I was playing with my school friend, Emily. That's why I said Emily, because I read Emily. um, At the bottom of the garden of our old house. Our old garden looked out over fields and countryside. And we were attempting to build some sort of tree house slash garden den in between a tree and the garden fence, which was made of widely spaced wooden slats so that you could see through the fence out onto the fields beyond. We were having lots of fun making our den, collecting sticks and trying to fasten them together until Emily stopped what she was doing. Who's that? Emily said, staring through the gap in the fence to the fields. I turned to see what she was looking at and still to this day can't explain it. Oh God, there was somebody moving swiftly across the field in a really bizarre outfit with a long brown coat or cloak made of sack-like material that had a large hood pulled up over their face and long sleeves trailing down to the floor. Uh, Their sleeves looked as if they were fastened together so that you couldn't see their hands, and their face was completely hidden by the hood. (sighs) The image of this figure is still clear as day in my mind. The crops in that field were up to my dad's waist, brackets, and my dad was six foot four. And because they were so densely planted, you had to force your way through them and walk through really slowly if you ever tried to take a shortcut through that field. You physically couldn't push through the densely planted crops as quickly as this person was moving. The thing that confused us the most was that the crops only looked like they reached this figure's ankles. That's weird. Um... So they must have been walking on tall stilts, brackets, in a muddy, uneven crop field, or had freakishly long legs. What we were seeing just didn't make sense. Emily and I were so frightened, well, yeah, yeah, so would I be, um, that we threw our treehouse making tools to the floor and sprinted back into my parents' house, absolutely terrified. I remember my mum being really worried that something awful had happened, e.g. a stranger had tried to abduct one of us because we were so shaken up. We were trying to explain to her what we'd seen, but we she didn't believe us and told us not to tell fibs. <laughs> fibs. 
She said that she was going to go and check to see if the figure had gone, and I remember her. I remember begging her not to. Anyway, life went on, and as I got older, I found out a few strange things about our local area. When St. Cuthbert died in 678 AD, apparently his monks and followers carried his body on a pilgrimage around the northeast of England to find a suitable burial ground for their beloved saint. On their journey with his remains, the monks set up camps in various places around our region before finally settling on Durham, where Cuthbert is now buried and where Durham Cathedral was built in his honour. It turns out that the monks were supposed to have set up camp on the ground where my old house was, where a nearby street is named St Cuthbert's Road to commemorate the monks' visit. Of course, I knew none of this when I was eight years old and only found it out years later. When I saw pictures of the monks and their clothing in history books, I recognised the outfit as a monk's habit. It looked exactly the same as the thing we'd seen in the field all those years ago. So I have no idea what we saw way back in 1998. Perhaps it was just a weirdo dressed up in a strange outfit moving quickly around the fields. But having unearthed some strange truths about the local area, it seems weird that so many things point towards the history of monks, which is something that I was completely ignorant of in 98. I also have no idea how the figure was moving so quickly along the top of the crops. It doesn't make any sense. It is something that has stuck with me my whole life. Creepy AF. Fucking So there you go. That's well signs. Well signs. Uh, (laughs) Film of the week signs. (laughs) Oh, that's a a horrible story. So there you go. Possibly a ghost. When I was reading it the first time, um, I thought of like a... When she said it's so tall, my imagination was so different to like the way that story ends. I was imagining some like giant legged tall creature like moving along the fields with like a sack mask on like some horrible silent hill type looking thing but um as it's described later on it's more like a sort of monk looking thing almost like maybe hovering along the top of the 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 crops so potentially a ghost story or uh make of it what you will do you know what i was thinking uh and this is why to me i was like oh this is horrible um i've not seen the film Mm -hmm. so I don't know what this means, but um, it made me think of the the re-release of it. Right. Uh, have you seen it? Seen yeah, it, right? yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. No. There's uh, in one of the trailers. There's um, there's a clip of Pennywise doing some kind of like like a jig, like a dance. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's what I was thinking of, but like a man in a trench coat doing that, like across the grass. Right. But it really freaked me out. That's horrible. That is. I need to. I need to go and like watch something funny for a bit because I just can't. I can't go to sleep now. This yeah. is horrible. There's there's at least three stories that have ruined my life. <laughs> well, the <laughs> last one. The last we got one more, and it's not too too creepy. It's just more interesting. Okay. So um, we'll see what you guys think to this. This is another one from Jake, who we listened to right at the beginning, who uh, talked about uh, his granddad viewing UFO, and I said I had another story yes. from him. So let's listen uh, that's to that. Right. Let's listen to that now. Um, so you said you had one more story. Yeah, I have one more story, um, and this one is super weird, um, and it involves my grandfather again. Um, when he was younger, I don't know how old he was, but he was with my grandmother at least. They were married at the time. Um, he was with his father, my 
great-grandfather, and they were working on a motorcycle or something, and my grandpa burned his arm somehow, um, maybe on the engine because it was hot or something. He just got a burn on his arm. So they took him to the hospital, and on the way there, he said to his dad, um, you know, this is really hurting me really, really bad. I don't know what to do. This is awful. And he said, okay. His dad pulled over to the side of the road and put his hand on his arm. And my grandfather said that the burning feeling just left his arm. It just went out of him completely. And as strange as that is, I think it's even a little bit stranger that what my grandpa says that is, is that his dad could take the fire out of people. That phrase specifically, take the fire out of people, is like something that's normal to them that maybe people can do. It would be like if I told you, hey, I have telekinesis and right. you immediately know what that is. And they say it like that's just a thing back then that people could take the fire out of people. So he, he sort of, that pain he was experiencing, he, he, he's a, he sort of drew that out of him. Yeah, he just drew it out of him and took it away completely just by touching him somehow. Okay, that's um, really, I haven't come across that one at all. That's really interesting. That's, um, I haven't had anyone tell me that story before. <laughs> yeah, I always thought that was super weird and I've never heard of it. And like I said, they refer to it as like, oh, he could take the fire out of people. As if it was just a thing that some people could maybe do, which I always thought was really weird because that's a very strange thing for someone to be able to do. That's not a normal thing. Do you know, like, when he was, when he did that, when he took the fire out of them, did he take on any uh, sort of pain or sensation himself as he did it? Uh, not that I know of. Um, his dad didn't like take the pain on himself no um he just put his hand on him just and just took it out yeah just like a a healer Mm. type of thing just took it out um and i guess he did that for other people too maybe because again they said like he could take the fire out of people which made it sound like he had done it before. Yeah, that to me suggests that's like something he was known for doing. Yeah, that's just something that he could do. And yeah. that phrase is so strange to me because I've never heard it before ever. And I constantly am watching YouTube videos on weird paranormal stuff. I obviously listen to your podcast. Like, I'm all about weird and unexplainable stuff. Yeah. And I've never heard of this ever. I'd be really interested in, like, if we get this this story on the show, if any listeners have experienced anything like that or know anyone like that, if they would, uh, maybe if I receive any emails, I'll make sure I pass them on your way as well. Yeah, I would love that. If anyone else has experienced this or know about it, I would love to talk to them and hear about it because 
it's just so weird. I've never heard about this before. And like I said, my grandpa is not the type of person to just make up a story for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, So it's very strange, but I don't really have a reason to not believe it because he's just an honest person that, you know, wouldn't tell me some crazy story just because. Yeah. So it's just, it's very weird. Okay. Well, thanks for sharing those stories, man. Really appreciate it. Yeah, man, no problem. So, uh, yeah, that's the last story from Jake. He did have one more story for me, but I'm going to save that for another episode as well. But, yeah, what do you guys think about that, being able to take the pain out of people like that? Well, when you initially... uh... What kind of pain? Like the, he said burning, wasn't it? It was a burning pain. Hmm. Well, he said he right? could do it with all sort of pain. It was just like a thing he could do. He could take the fire out of people. When he says fire, it's not necessarily a burn. It's just pain. He could take that fire, the pain out of people. Hmm. But see, my, my thoughts immediately went to uh, like healing. Right. Um, in the sense, uh, in like a religious sense. Mm-hmm. Um. So it's almost like you're explaining that his great granddad had prayed for him, right? Um, but yeah, this 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 idea that there's terminology around this, the taking the fire out and and stuff like that. That's um, that's pretty weird, yeah. Yeah. So you go and like and uh, like Jake said on there, like if any listeners know anything about that, I've heard anything about that, send uh, send an email my way and I'll make sure I pass it on to him. Uh, sure, he'd appreciate yeah, that's that. Cool. I just I just thought of John Coffey from the Green Mile. Yeah, that's uh, what it made me think of the Green Mile. Yeah, healing. Uh... Sorry, <laughs> boss. I love that film. What a great fit! What a great movie! Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why. That's why I went to. It's uh, that's really weird, but mm. it's 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 almost um, yeah, just the, the way that it was like normal. Um, like yeah, that's that's what Granddad did. He used to do that. Yeah, yeah. that's that's normal. Yeah, that's weird. So there we go. That's the last of our stories for this episode. I think we had a good mix there. Uh, Absolutely. We got to listen to a few and we got to tell one each. And so thanks to all the listeners uh, who sort of got in contact and told us those stories. Amazing. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. So we'll go for our outros. Guys, have you got a listener of the week out of this, this batch? No. I'm, I'm leaning for uh, for Ben just purely for being our first uh, Australian listener to call in. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, absolutely. Listener of the week. So, listener of the week, Ben, uh, thanks so much for getting in contact with your uh, Yowie story. Not only were you the first person to call in with a cryptid story, you're the first Australian listener to call in. So, yeah, really appreciate that. And uh, big love to all our listeners over in Australia. Which way does the uh, the toilet go? It's the opposite (laughs) way to us. I'm going to get my butt kicked for that comment. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Such a great episode. It is such a great episode. We nearly went a whole episode without making any (laughs) Simpson references. I watched that episode quite recently. It's so funny. You call that a knife? This is a knife. That's not a knife. That's a spoon. All right, all right. You win. (laughs) I see you've played knifey spoony before. <laughs> uh, outros. Yeah, outros. Okay, let's smash this up. So, 
Uh, if you want to get in contact with your own stories, and we will be putting a ghost stories episode together as well as this one. So if you have any ghost stories, uh, get in contact at uh, unexplainableuk at mail.com or you can contact via the website weirdtalesandtheunexplainable.com where you can also find links to buy merchandise via TeePublic. You can donate via PayPal. You can uh, go on the blog to get any information uh, based on any episode. I've always put the links of things we mentioned. I'll put that Yowie picture on there of the statue. Uh, you can find links to find our Facebook page, our Twitter handles, all that stuff's on there. I am also uh, having a go at launching a Patreon soon uh, to cover my time spent editing uh, my various podcasts. Uh, this one, Five Minute Folklore, which I'm looking to relaunch, uh, setting up with Rick now. And I am uh, starting a new podcast, a film-related podcast, which is uh, we're just about to record the first episode of in a few days so if you want to support my time in doing those shows uh then you can find that patreon.com slash bob that's b-o-b-s-h-o-y there's a short video on there that explains everything that you get for your tears basically for five dollars a month you get a hell of a lot so uh yeah if i can keep to that timetable we will i'm going to give it a couple of months and if it's not <laughs> paying for it i'm going to have to cancel some of these pods but Go on there, go on the website, go on the Patreon, you'll see the video, all that information will be on there. And that's about it, right guys? Yeah, I think so, you covered everything. <laughs> yep. Alright, great, so um, in instead of a outro music or anything this week, um, I'm going to see us all out with uh, one final story, uh, and this is from Gethin Oliver. So, uh, until next time, we all love you, uh, thanks for listening, bye bye. Bye, see you later. Thank you. (laughs) Take care. Love you. (laughs) And and, and this is the the final story of the week. Thank you. Bye-bye, bye-bye. Bye-bye. My brother, who is three years older than me, suffered with acid reflux from birth, and he'd frequently vomit. Due to this condition, he struggled to lie down without being physically sick, and he often would throw up in the middle of the night, sometimes even twice during the night. As I shared a room with him, I would get woken up by this commotion, my brother shouting and my mum rushing in to clean it up. As I mentioned, he'd do this almost every night, and I'd gotten used to it over the years, sometimes waking up for my mum to simply say, go back to sleep, your brother has been sick, and I'd drift back off to sleep. So, one night when I was ten years old, I woke up to the sound of shuffling on the carpet. I was extremely tired, as it was the middle of the night, so I didn't immediately open my eyes. The shuffling sound continued, and I instantly assumed my brother had been sick and that my mum was shampooing the carpet like many times before. But the lights in the room were off, which was a bit strange. I thought that maybe she didn't want to wake me. Lying on my right-hand side, I opened my eyes and squinted across to the window of the bedroom where I saw a silhouette of a tall figure standing there looking outside. My brother is much taller than me and I assumed this was him, awake from just being sick and possibly taking a minute to compose himself while my mum cleaned up. In my half-conscious state, I decided to roll over onto my left-hand side to get more comfortable. My eyes were closed. Now I was facing across the room to where my brother's bed would be, and towards where I thought my mum would be crouched down shampooing the carpet. I squinted out towards my brother's bed, where I saw him lying there, facing me, sound asleep. 
I can't explain the instant feeling of fear that rushed over me as I shot upright, my blood curdling, and gazed across to the window. In less than a second, and as I opened my mouth to scream in terror, the figure stood by the window jumped towards me and a long black shape which resembled a tail lashed out and everything went black. The last thing I remembered was the piercing red glowing eyes from the blacked out figure. I woke up seconds later, lying on top of my covers in a pencil position, straight with my arms beside me. What was strange was I never slept like this. Also, it was now suddenly morning. The curtains were drawn and light was shining through the window and illuminating the room. It was as if I'd woken up from a strange, vivid nightmare. I looked over and my brother was already up and had left the room. I shook it off, clambered out of bed and went downstairs. When I got downstairs and entered the living room, my brother was sat cross-legged on the lounge chair, eating cereal and watching a documentary on the History Channel. I could tell he was in a really good mood too. He asked how I slept and I slumped myself down on the sofa and asked whether he'd been sick last night. He said that he hadn't, and then I began to tell him about the strange nightmare that I'd had. As I began recalling the events, his face went white, and his happy expression faded. I could tell he was becoming distressed the more I explained about my dream, and then I finished by laughing off and saying, Don't worry, it was only a stupid dream. My brother set his cereal aside, and I'll never forget his next words. The same thing happened to me the other night. The same blood-curdling fear from last night came rushing back to me. My brother explained how he had had the same nightmarish experience and how he too pushed it aside as a bad dream. He said he woke in the night to a tall figure standing by the window, assuming it was me. By the time he looked at my bed, realised I was asleep and gazed back at the window, The dark figure with the red glowing eyes lashed out with a long black tail and he blacked out. He explained how he woke up seconds later in the same pencil-like position, lying on top of his covers. He told me that I had explained the whole thing like for like. Pretty much every detail was the same way he experienced it. We started talking about aliens and monsters and all sorts of things that morning. But nothing like that experience ever happened to us again. Years have passed and I'm 27 now. I've recalled that event every now and then, thinking back and assuming it was just a dream. A weird lifelike nightmare that seemed real due to all the nights of being woken up by my brother being sick. I even questioned that the morning with my brother had even happened, that that may have just been part of the weird dream too. Recently I asked my brother about it though, trying to make sense of it, wondering whether he remembered any of it. When asked, He told me the story again, in the exact depth of detail I could recall it in. We again started to speculate on what it could have been. Whether it was a reptilian alien coming to abduct us, or possibly a dreamt-up monster being the result of some film we had watched together that had a deep haunting effect on us, it's definitely something unexplainable. Fucking hell. That's well signs. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 